I have such high standards for myself and women in general, I'm sure you would agree. We have to kind of, we can't be seen in fragile manner, right? To our employer, we've got to, we've got to hold it together. And so that has always been my motto, always on. Welcome to the Confidence Council podcast. This show is designed for high achieving women who, despite having a great life, just know that they're destined for more. Whether you aren't sure what that next level is, or you have an idea, but the vision feels out of reach, then this podcast is for you. My name is Monica Burkoff. I'm a trial lawyer, a mom, and a wife. And I'm here because I know from my own experience that feeling stuck or unfulfilled does not have to be your reality. With a positive mindset, and the right counsel, you too can create the life of your dreams. My hope and intention for this podcast is that you walk away feeling confident, motivated, and inspired to embrace your authentic self and to take bold action toward your dream life. Are you ready to get started? All rise. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Confidence Council podcast. This is Monica. I'm so happy you've decided to tune in today. I have another super special episode for you that I'm so excited to share. But before I do, quick little life update. We had my son's third birthday party over the weekend. And I just wanted to say a few words about kind of trying to take still shots in your mind of like beautiful moments so that you can carry them with you into the future and just like feeling gratitude. So like the moment for me was we all kind of piled into the kitchen, turned the lights down. You know, we all stood around this cake that my uh, husband's aunt made. It was a Big Mac from the movie Cars because it was like a Cars theme. He's obsessed with that movie and Lightning McQueen. So, so it was this huge Mac truck and he's sitting next to it and everyone's singing to him. And I just kind of looked up and I looked at his face and I could just see him he was feeling so special and I could just feel the love in the room kind of all directed toward him. And it was such a beautiful moment. And so I just try to take this like screenshot and kind of step away for a second and really soak it in um, and just feel all the feelings. I like probably got like a tear in my eye because it was just this really special moment. So these beautiful things are happening every day for us, you know, just really stop, press pause, take a look around, smell it, see it, feel it, and just really appreciate how beautiful life truly is. So anyway, today on the show, we have Tammy Pritchard. And Tammy and I have been trying to connect and record this episode since February when Confidence Council didn't even exist. It was just a concept and I was kind of gauging any interest um, and trying to find guests before I even launched the show. And Tammy was one of the first people that responded to a post that I did looking for guests after I had explained the original concept for the show. And she was super eager and and really interested in serving the same audience that I'm trying to serve is, you know, is women who feel kind of maybe run down a little bit, a little bit burnt out, a little stuck, a little unfulfilled, who feel like they've got everything on paper, but maybe something's missing and just trying to fill that hole and figure out figuring out how we can maximize and live life to the absolute fullest. And so Tammy shares that same core value and that same passion for sharing that message, but her story is one that is super interesting and really something that I think most of us can resonate with. Whether you are a corporate executive or a stay-at-home mom, I think you either know if you're a high achiever, perfectionist, kind of controlling, or you're not. And so Tammy's story, I mean, I would say she's kind of on a 10 out of 10 on the scale before you know this incident happened that she'll talk about on the show. But even if you're a five or a six, you can get a lot of takeaway from this episode. She'll share kind of what her aha moment was and what she did to kind of re-examine her life and re- brand her core values and who she was and what she stood for and basically reshape her life in a way that better served her. Sometimes we're going and going and going and going because we're on autopilot and this is what we've always done, but 
oftentimes if it doesn't feel good, or you might not even know it doesn't feel good, if something feels off, and I think you know if it does or not, maybe it's time to take a step back and reassess. And so sometimes it takes a rock bottom moment like Tammy will describe, but sometimes it doesn't. Maybe it's this podcast episode that'll make you realize, oh shit, I'm like, maybe I'm moving in that direction and it's time to slow down and reassess. So I'm excited to share it. Without further ado, here is my good friend, Tammy Pritchard. Enjoy. I'm so excited to have Tammy Pritchard on the show today. Tammy is a speaker, an author, a mom, and in her book, The Corporate Maniac, she tells the story of how she almost crashed and burned out of a career that she loves due to completely unmanaged stress and major burnout. So Tammy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, Monica, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. And we've been talking about this since February. I'm glad it has finally happened. Yes, <laughs> finally, finally happening. So I'm I'm very excited and interested to hear what you've got to say today because I have definitely experienced the stress and the burnout. I think at times I've been running on running myself ragged without even realizing it. And so I'm interested to hear everything you have to share today. But before we go into all of that, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are and your journey to writing this incredible book? Sure. Uh, So my name is Tammy Pritchard. I am a recovering workaholic and the author of The Corporate Maniac, which is a reflection of my recovery from chronic stress and burnout. I share what I did and do currently to maintain a healthy work-life balance. I even recently left the corporate world to focus focus more on these solutions. Um, And I do some public speaking to uh, audiences on the subject on corporate wellness overall and, you know, for the workforce in general, kind of what to look for and how to avoid what happened to me. So, you, so tell us exactly what happened and what yeah, kind of what was the spark that got this yeah. whole thing going? It's dramatic. So uh, in 2018, I was working the project of a lifetime. It was the one that I had worked for my entire life, I felt like. I enjoyed it. I loved it. It was uh, in the state of Hawaii, right? So it was a really sexy place to work. Um, It was about eight times larger than anything I had ever worked on, but I was given the opportunity based on like a subset of skills that I had already demonstrated successfully for the company. So I was completely overwhelmed and living, eating and breathing the project. I launched it in record time. It was a behemoth. So I didn't do it without working 10 hour days, completely immersing myself in the launch Um, But I was super determined to do it, right? And I went on a business trip with several members of the company's executive team. And this was in 2018, about six months into the project. I was traveling on the last day of the month, which is, you know, D-Day for somebody who needs to make their month's forecasts and deliverables. And I got an email from one of my team members saying, you're not going to believe this, but this vendor is actually needs a couple more days. They're not going to come through with the deliverables for the month. And I was so shocked. I, I mean, I couldn't fail. And I had done so many checks and balances. I had, I was very controlling at the time. I was a very controlling manager. And how could this even happen? Well, I proceed to feel myself getting hot, getting uh, dizzy. My thoughts were streaming in a hundred different directions. What should I do? I could see my boss at at the restaurant waiting for me. And I passed out on the sidewalk right in front of him. I came to very quickly, but he thought I was having a heart attack and he's holding my head up off the ground. At this point, I couldn't figure out what just happened. Oh my God. I am mortified. Oh, I'm just, I'm just thinking of like my boss holding me on the sidewalk and I'm like dying inside for you. Right. Right. I, I felt there were so many emotions that had also never happened to me, but I have such high standards for myself and women in general. I'm sure you would agree. We have to kind of 
we can't be seen in fragile manner, right? To our employer, we've got to, we've got to hold it together. And so that has always been my motto, always Mm -hmm. on. But yeah, and I twisted my ankle going down. So now I have a sprained ankle. I'm in San Francisco, right? It's a day trip. So I still have to get home. And by this time, I'm acting like nothing happened. Forget this whole thing happened. You know, I'm really wanting to just twinkle my nose. And like I said, pretend the whole thing didn't happen or move on. Everything's fine. But I was I was really having a hard time like managing my heart rate. I was, I had hit my head. I had twisted my ankle. So now I'm in pain and I still felt weak and shaky. So they got me in the restaurant. They started, you know, they got some water. They got, I don't know, some soup. I I can't even really remember the whole thing because it was so emotionally charged. But I knew I was like, don't cry. Don't cry. Oh my gosh. It played off like it's super cool. It's no big deal. Totally. And you know what my boss told me? He said, Tam, I think you had a panic attack. And I've been seeing this coming. I think that you are working too much, right? You're taking this entirely too seriously. And no job is worth it. Your boss. What a great boss. Great guy. Yeah. I promised him that I would get it under control. I also told him the bad news about the month uh, because that was looming as well, right? And long story short, long story long, I can tell you that to this day, I have no idea what the client, what the client's response was to me missing my entire month's numbers. You know, I, I was in such fear of what that would look like, right? Because I was catastrophizing the whole situation and rehearsing in my head the impact of that miss. Plus, personally and professionally, I don't miss, right? But I was relying that month on a vendor. And I, to this day, have I, I, I don't think it was as big a deal as I thought it was going to be, right? It never I didn't, is, right? It, didn't, it never is. I didn't get fired. Right. I didn't the client didn't take the project away from us. And I'm sure that there was, you know, a recovery plan and and everything came in a couple of days later. But I it was that moment that at the time I had a life coach, I called her from the airport. I made it through the rest of the day. And looking back, and I say this in my book, looking back, I had come in the night before, but after hours, right? So I arrived late because I couldn't I couldn't not work during the day and be productive. I came in late. I didn't sleep well. I woke up. I missed breakfast, right? Because I was on my laptop working, had coffee. So I was tired and hungry. And, you know, it was the last day of the month. What, What made me agree to go on a business trip the last day of the month? I don't know. And I mentioned in my book that I bet if I had the conversation with my boss saying, you know, Dan, this is the last day of the month and it's, you know, super stressful for me. Can you ask the client if we can have the meeting the week before, the week after? I'm sure that would have been okay, right? But don't ask for what you need. Mm-hmm. Heaven forbid. Did you get back to your hotel and cry at any point? So I I didn't even get to ever go back to the hotel. I was um I was lugging around my overnight case because I was going straight to the airport later. So I went through two more meetings that day with hobbling on a twisted ankle. Because of course I wanted to now nail it at the next two meetings, like forget that even happened. I'm still you know, I'm still your it girl. And I don't even remember what happened at those meetings, right? I just, I wanted to get home. I couldn't wait to get home. Now looking back at it, are, do you, does it like surprise you to like see that girl doing that? (laughs) I mean, totally. When I got to the airport at the end of the day, I was so relieved. Um, I called my life coach who's my mentor, life coach. And I said, I thought I had it all. And I need to do much more work on myself. 
I need to do much more work on myself. I knew I, looking back, right, I was ignoring the signs of chronic stress. And I, we all know what we should be doing in life, right? It's, it's the basics, but it doesn't mean that we do it. And I was just, have always kind of been a workaholic. Um, I have since gone through, you know, unpacking that whole, that whole side of me, which is a trauma response. You know, I grew up with very little means and um, my mom wasn't in corporate America and I always wanted to be. And I always, you know, just kind of felt like I really wanted to create that. When I grew up, I wanted to have financial stability. And so, but I clung to every job, you know, it, they were, it was my lifeline, right? It was a huge part of my identity, not healthy. Not, yeah, I, I can mean, totally relate to that. Even just like that forced time away during maternity leave, when I'm home for those three months and I'm not a lawyer for the first time in, you know, eight years, just being like, who am I? Yeah. What do I do? Like, how do I spend my time? Yeah. Like, what do I want? You know, it's like a huge, right. oh my God, I, I realized that my whole life is my job. You know, and that, that moment is like, oh shit, you know, that, I mean, I think it's West, I think it's a, a Western society, mm-hmm. right. And especially, you know, lately, because I work a little bit more on an international basis, it is, we're known, right. The U S is known for that. Our PTO is only on average two weeks a year, right. At first. And you know, we only have a certain number of holidays. Minimum, I'll tell you, minimum in Australia is one month. That's what, and it's set by the federal government. It's crazy. Yeah. But their levels of burnout and stress are much lower than ours. I mean, even look at how the blue zones and how people are living yeah. much longer in those countries that yeah. that don't, that are not USA. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. And I, I did notice, you know, later after when I was evaluating and I met with my coach, I was like, oh yeah, I my resting heart rate, is that supposed to be in the high 80s? I don't know, right? No, it's Mm -hmm. not. Mm -mm. Should I be losing my hair? My joints are kind of achy. You know, as a matter of fact, I don't come to think of it. (laughs) I don't feel good, right? Yeah, you you said that your boss said something like even he saw it coming. Did he tell you what I remember that? So he, I was just really, when the reason my book is called The Corporate Maniac is because I was always maniacal, right? And I was successful, but I did everything in mania, right? And I I was a controlling manager. I, I, at the time I was managing a team of eight. I was hyper controlling. I pushed everybody really hard really hard. I took it almost personally, right? If I missed my goals and budgets, like I said, I just had too high of expectations. If something would go wrong, I would call him and be, you know, maniacal about, we've got to come up with a different solution. And it's, you know, it's got to happen yesterday. And it was just, or if somebody messed up, right? I, it was off with their heads. I just really had no I had no calm about me except for when it came to my son, right? My mm-hmm. son, what whatever I did have left after all of that mania, you know, I, I always, you know, I, I really was a good mother and am a good mother. Um, but at that time, every week, and I would wake up before he would wake up just to work, right? So, but I was maniacal and he said that he saw, it just, to people from the outside looking in, and he's a stabilized, healthy individual, we can tell when people aren't operating in a healthy manner. And I was a ticking time bomb. So what did you do after that that big wake-up call? So I decided that my life coach and I were going to come up with a plan, right? And she wasn't a health coach, right? But the the basics. And I'm, I'm still in touch with her today. She was the one who recommended that I write the book. I decided that I was going to start with, I went to the doctor and ran labs. She says, go and make sure that your, you know, blood level, all of your vitamin levels, all of that are healthy. Make sure you actually don't have, you know, heart problems. Just go. When was the last time we got a checkup? I had zero idea. 
zero, you know, I didn't have time for that. So I went to the doctor, got basic labs. I was pretty healthy. I mean, some imbalances, right? Every little bit helps. So I went to the doctor. That was, that was priority one. Once I found out that I was generally healthy, the doctor was like, your joints hurt. Why? Which joints? Right. And I had it, I had those looked at and MRIs done and it was just a little bit of inflammation, but he says, I think it's the beginning of, you know, like some midlife arthritis and you could, you could take some medicine for it, or you could evaluate nutrition and lifestyle, which is what I recommend. And so I really had a great doctor as well. And so I went home and he says, look at like elimination diets and try to see if that helps with some of your joint pain because it was in my right hand and whole 30 came up. And so I'm like, all right, I don't know. I'm going to try whole 30. And I ordered, you know, I was busy still and I was committed to it. So I ordered all of the whole 30 approved meal delivery services. And in three weeks, my pain was gone Mm. in three weeks of healthy eating. So I, you know, I was super inspired to kind of keep going, right? So by this time I, I was, and you know, people say three or four weeks, there's lots of, lots of data out there on how long it takes to institute a habit and have it stick. But at the three week point, I was feeling good. I wasn't going to change anything. Right. So I also set, uh, and I talk about this in my book, you have got to set some boundaries, And the B word is so scary to people, right? But I had to set boundaries first with myself. I said, all right, I'm gonna, instead of falling asleep with my laptop on me, I'm gonna close it at seven o'clock PM. I'm gonna close it at seven o'clock PM. Now people may think, right? Especially looking back now, I was like, you're still, (laughs) (laughs) that really, that was like a big goal at the time, but I started closing my laptop at seven and um, nobody noticed, Mm -hmm. nobody noticed. And I started not looking at my, I mean, the basics, right? We all know to do this, right? But I wasn't doing it and nobody noticed. So then I started better sleep routines, right? And I, I read in, you know, there's just so much that we can read and learn about, especially with all the podcasts. And I started listening to all the healthier things, right? People are able to manage their work life, right? But I really thought that unless, I really thought that the whole world is working as much as I did, right? And the people that weren't, weren't ambitious. I reached the line of balance very slowly. I had to back down very slowly. And in the end, right, I started turning off my laptop earlier and earlier again, nobody noticed. There are boundaries that I call soft and hard boundaries. I had to start with some hard boundaries, which means that they're non-negotiable, but it didn't mean that I had to go around voicing them. I, I tell women all the time, it's not like you need to go announce to the world that everything needs to change and here's the list, right? You can you can start with with boundaries that don't need to be voiced. And I started with setting some hard boundaries that were non-negotiable. And I, and I started setting some soft boundaries. I'm going to try to not schedule anything before 7.30 in the morning, right? I'm going to try harder to, I don't know, get to bed by 10 p.m. And I was flexible there. So that's why I call them soft boundaries. I was then uh, realized I didn't have a social life at all. Right. And what I've learned since getting my certificate in integrative health is health includes more than what you put on your fork. Right. Health can include your social life, your social connections. It can include your financial life. It can include your hobbies. That that is a whole health So I started looking at my social life and I really wasn't exercising either. So I combined the two and committed to going to yoga studio one night a week on the weekend, right? I was only willing to give it one night a week and I loved it. And I started talking to the women that were there, right? And some of them worked, some of them were career women. I mean, I went, you know, in the evenings and I asked them out for coffee and kind of what, how do you do it? 
because nobody, my mom wasn't a career woman. I didn't really have any idea. And, and my mentor at the time was retired, but I don't know how to do it. I need to be like conduct a social experiment. What do you do? And I just kind of conglomerated the ideas and they're basic. I signed up for a Course in Miracles class because I actually had zero spiritual sense about me. I grew up in a really rigid religion. And these women from the yoga studio, of course, right, were like, oh, you should come with us. And I was willing to, whatever, I'll go. And it wound up really expanding my connection to a higher power, which after a few months, right? This is all going on within the first year. After a few months, I felt less fear about what was happening during the day. Until you put things into perspective with a little spirituality, of course you're in fear. Of course you think that the world is ending if on the last day of the month, nobody comes through with their deliverables, you know? And I was just operating in such fear all the time. In the meantime, I kept skipping meditation. I can't meditate. Nope, I know, I know you should meditate. Yes, lots of successful people do, not me. And because I was, everything was really turning around so beautifully, I did decide to give it a try. And it is the reason why, it is, there's a reason why it's chapter one in my book. You can't skip it. <laughs> it has got to happen. And there's lots of forms of meditation. It doesn't have to be like running off to India, you know, on a, or buying this beautiful, expensive handmade, you know, meditation cushion. It is calming your nervous system down. We're just so hyper stimulated. And I was ridiculously, you know, I, I definitely have dysregulated nervous system from childhood trauma. And I had no idea that I didn't, I needed to manage that differently. But until you kind of slow down, until you until you, you know, fall on a sidewalk, sometimes that's what it takes for it to be someone's rock bottom moment to change their life. And so I started meditating and then I couldn't live without it. And I mean, I'm not talking for hours. <clears throat> you know, I probably meditate 10 minutes in the morning, another 10 minutes midday. And then I listen to a guided meditation to fall asleep with positive affirmations. I had to retrain my brain, you know, because I would, I mentioned earlier, I would catastrophize. So I had to retrain my brain with an affirmation practice. And you can find this on YouTube. And to this day, 2018. I mean, I'm still listening to some form of guided affirmation medi or, med or meditation at night when I fall asleep. So it's sinking into my subconscious. All of these things, there's nothing new here, right? We've all heard it. We've all heard to do these things, but we just don't. Or we do them for a little while and then the habit fades, you know, or something breaks the habit, we don't pick it back up. And our brains want to fall into those old habits because they're very, it's very, it takes a lot of energy to change, change habits, change anything. And it's because you operate from a different part of the brain. And in my book, I talk about it takes energy to change a habit. And that's how come there, we get so much, uh, we get so much pushback from our own body. You have to really commit to it, but it takes, it takes new energy because it operates from a different part of the brain until it's a habit. And then you can kind of go back to the part of your brain where it takes less energy. It's, it's more like a subconscious, right? You're on, how many, how many times have we driven to the store, or driven to pick up our kids? And we're like, I, how did I get here? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And it's just because we're operating from a part of our brain that's just, it's on autopilot, but to drive a different route takes focus and concentration, but we don't realize it actually takes energy. So we have a lot working against us, right? And I just, I, I not only that, but my project got healthier, I'll tell you. So I started managing differently and my project became 
financially healthier. Well, because the team was probably healthier. Totally. Yeah. And I was managing from a different place, right? I was managing from a healthier, more organized, less fear-based place. So that's why I really focus on corporate wellness because, you know, helped the company that Mm -hmm. I started meditating and eating Mm -hmm. right, ultimately, right? Everybody wins. Provides more motivation for the team working under you when they have more autonomy over their projects and how things are going to look. They're just more motivated to do it in their way, you know, than being micromanaged and having Mm -hmm. kind of someone breathing down their neck. So I'm sure they were really happy that you went through this journey. I told them that I was going to make those changes. I said, you know what? And this, this didn't happen. This didn't happen within three days, right? I mean, to heal and to change, it's going to take a couple months. I did feel differently early right? Depending on like my, the pain and, and some of the fear. And when I was sleeping better, I felt better, but I wound up telling my team about eight months later that I was no longer, that I was sorry for kind of how I used to operate and that I was no longer that individual. And then I met with them one-on-one and went over kind of what their, this is also a chapter in my book is leaders have got to, you know, spread, spread content, spread a little bit of joy and appreciation. Everything changed. Hmm. Something that you said that really resonated was just how much energy it takes to change and how like Mm -hmm. the body is related. I, so I don't know if you read the book, um, breaking the habit of being yourself. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So something he said in that book, oh my God, clicked. I realized without even knowing it, that every time my client emailed me, I would get this hot flash. Like when you get pulled over or like this, like gut, like, oh my God, I would get like this hot sweat before I even opened it. And half the time be like, looks good. Thanks. But I would think, oh my God, it's, he's going to comment that I've done something wrong or did it's like, and that never happened. I don't think, but I always thought worst case scenario. Why, why is he emailing me? It's gotta be bad. And, and for years, this, this just, my body would just do it every time the email would come, which would come multiple times a day. And I would just go to this horrible place, like working and then, oh, oh no, this like visceral gut feeling it was horrible. And then when I finally read that book, it like clicked, like, I need to rewire something because my body doesn't know any different. It's just going to keep doing it. Right. And so it took, like, I had to write out, what are you afraid of? Has something happened? Like just really kind of getting to the root of it. And then each time an email came, like in the first, I would say two weeks, I would like take a deep breath, think about, okay, you know, not, there's nothing going on here. There's no reason to be freaking out and just talk myself off this ledge. But I, it was had to be so conscious because automatically the body turned on, right? And like, yep. so it's so true. Like even these small things, and like they're pro- we we were probably going through our day and not realizing that right. things like that are triggering us through right. throughout the whole day, and it's taxing the body and it's like adding yeah. the stress and it's increasing the stress without us even recognizing it because we're just on autopilot. Yep. You know, whether it's the traffic or the traffic jam or the, you know, your kids spill something every morning, it pisses you off or like just, you know, these things are adding up and your body is just so used to reacting, you know? So that really, um, I totally relate to that. And it's so so important to just be more present, right? Like in what you're doing Mm -hmm. every day and like how you're reacting, who you're talking to and the thoughts that are consuming your mind. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, to retrain my brain, I, I would say that there's even, you know, those those roads are well paved inside mm-hmm. of my midlife, you know, brain. And I liken it to, I'm going to go off-roading and there's going to be, you know, I'm going to leave this paved road and I'm going to go off-roading and there's going to be rocks and bushes and, you know... I have no idea what's over that hill and whatnot. And and there's times where I want to go back to the well-paved road. And it's only because of my spiritual health and my mental health that I can catch myself thinking about falling into old behaviors. Or, or even recently, right? I wanted to get I wanted to get something done for a pitch that I was going to make. And I was, I was obsessing over it and putting too much 
too much emphasis in it, right? And I had stayed up late. And I mean, sometimes we do this, right? But I notice if I allow it once, right? I'll could could I go back to where I was before I fell on that sidewalk? And so I really do catch myself. And granted, it you know we all have crunch weeks, but there was there was really no deadline. It was a self imposed deadline. So I believe me, they're well worn paths. But one of the lessons that I learned was people and employers will take as much as you give them. That is so true. And 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 the other thing you said, which is like, no one noticed, right? I stopped, you know, stopped answering my email at five o'clock mm-hmm. and no one noticed when I responded mm-hmm. at nine the next day. No. It didn't make a difference. And I always thought I need to respond the second it comes in. Like I couldn't get any actual work done because I was monitoring the email and I felt like I had to respond immediately yeah. if the client or somebody that I deemed important needed an answer or had a question. Yeah. I had to stop everything I was doing to respond and then it broke up any productivity or flow and it just yeah. was impossible to get anything done throughout the day, you know? And so just recognizing it can wait, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's nothing is going to happen and exactly you kind of set the bar of what kind of relationship they expect from you. Mm-hmm. So if you're responding at 3 a.m., they're going to just expect, oh, she works late, so I'm just going to shoot her an email at 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. because she works late. Mm-hmm. I, none of my clients. They all know my hard stop is at 4, my nanny leaves, I have childcare, that's it. And if you want to talk to me, I'll I'll um, I'll see you in the morning kind of thing. And so yeah. I don't even know if I, it wasn't spoken. Like, so it was a hard boundary, mm-hmm. but it was never announced. Um mm-hmm. I think they just know that. I think they just know that, that I'm not responding to email after four o'clock for the most mm-hmm. part. And the other thing is not checking your phone constantly. I know. I know. Like it, you know, we have them in our hands all day and like just constantly refreshing your email yeah. after work hours. Why? So that you can see something that's going to stress you out so then you can't sleep that night. You know, it can wait. It can wait. Yeah. I, I I made this thing where once I, leave, you know, before COVID, I, I'm working more from home now, but before COVID, it was like the second I walk out of the building, I'm done looking at my email until I'm back on the train to go the next morning. Mm. And I tried to do that. And, you know, it took a while, but again, nothing happened. Yeah. And it's okay. And I think just, you know, you just have to like give yourself some grace. It's good to, you know, I did also seek, I'm not suggesting that people uh, do this all on their own, right? I, one, I, you need the accountability of a coach, whether it's in group coaching or one-on-one coaching. And I am available for that um, because without that accountability, it would have been much harder for me to do, right? I had a cheerleader and granted I paid her, but you need cheerleaders. I, I can tell you too, that you have got to heal whatever your trigger, your trauma triggers are, right? And so you've got to address the obsessions and for me, the workaholism. And um, I had to address that professionally. And so mm-hmm. there's some times where you just, you know, and some people need a licensed, you know, nutritionist, right? I was able to, I didn't have any major problems. I still, I still am substantially whole 30 to this day, whole food, right? To this day. And um, I feel like a million bucks. So why would I go back, right? But there are some people that need the advice of a licensed nutrition, and I'll send them to that. I mean, I have referrals, but there's, for me, it's mostly accountability and really cheerleading, right? And making sure that we have set goals and whatnot, but we really do need it. We we really do sometimes need professional help. Get the medical community involved for what needs to be. What where they need to be involved. Yeah. And like your first step was to like, make sure you're not dying, you know, which right. is like priority number one, right? You pass right. out on the sidewalk. We need to make sure yeah. everything's okay. Right. And yeah. then go into the emotional and the spiritual mm-hmm. and the well-being. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tammy, you at some point obviously wrote this book. Mm-hmm. So tell us about kind of how that dream came about and, mm-hmm. and how you ended up doing it. So my mentor gave me the idea. And it was just about a year and a half ago. And she said, you know what, babe, you're, you've got a great, a great story. She's a businesswoman and uh, she did pretty well for herself. And so she's, she, I respect her opinion and it just resonated with me. It just felt right. 
And I didn't know exactly what I was going to do with it, but um, I know that I wanted to serve corporate women because that is really just, you know, my, it's always kind of been, you know, when people were playing with Barbies when they were little, I was playing office, right? And I had my mom's big metal typewriter and like my dad's desk. It was just has always been who I am. So I knew I wanted to work with corporate women and we talked through it. And she says that whole episode on the sidewalk changed your life. And so I just started Googling, you know, how to write a book. And I started uh, making some phone calls to people. I, I would find book coaches or, you know, publishing houses or whatever the case may be. I signed up for the Hay House writers workshop, right? And you learned a lot. I wound up talking to their literary agent and I wound up going to a boutique publisher in Australia that now I'm associated with, Ultimate 48 Hour Author. And I wrote my book very, very quickly. And I saw as I started writing my book and I had their professional guidance and mentorship, I could probably write some workshops based on this book, right? And they, they gave me the ideas of like companion companion courses and lots of people, have you thought about speaking? And I did, and I wound up using it as like a business investment, right? And that's what I tell authors that I talk to today is you write your book much like you would hire a professional to set up your website. You hire a professional to help you put out a, a a good product, right? And it's an investment in your new business. And I, it, it pays off, right? It's a, it's a credibility launcher, right? And I have used it to leverage. I have used it as it's the foundation to my entire practice. And I've been blessed with being able to do some workshops like lunch and learns, right? At different, in different corporate environments, some yoga studios. I'm working on a couple of chiropractors now. And, you know, because it is holistic healing, right? It's a, it's healthy lifestyle. And what I tell people with my book, the tagline in it is, you know, how to heal chronic stress and burnout without quitting your job. My platform is based on the fact that um, because I wanted to use it in corporate, I, I couldn't quit my job, nor did I want to. That's, that's the difference between stress and burnout, too, is I had chronic stress, but I didn't feel burned out. Burnout is on the complete opposite end of the stress spectrum, right? They're, they're two different things. I was chronically stressed and depleting myself from a physical, mental, emotional level. But I loved my job and mm. I worked for like the greatest guys in the world. So not only could I not quit my job, I didn't want to. Now, I did become burned out later. And I write about this in my book, too. After a couple of years on that marquee celebratory project that I had conquered and I, I became... I was becoming cynical. I was becoming irritated. I was, you know, getting a little bit stressed out because burnout tends to, you know, deplete the immune system. I was starting to feel a little bit depressed and not so, you know, like more Sunday scaries, right? Mm. Um, but not like fear, but Sunday dread. Was it kind of a combination of, at this point, you've gone through this kind of reawakening mm -hmm. this like kind of cleansing of like the old mm -hmm. self you've you're a new person now mm -hmm. did you did right. a piece of you think like I've kind of outgrown this totally totally and I just recognized that I needed to change and one of the one of the most beautiful things that have come out of this this entire great big, big experience right that has given me a book and a message and uh you know hopefully I'm helping people is a purpose for sure, right? And one of the best things to come out of it is advocate for yourself. I went to my boss and and the same guy who held my head years before, I went to him four years later and said, you know what? I just don't have the passion for it that I used to. I feel like I'm doing, I'm going to soon do it a disservice and I'll train my replacement. It's not going to impact the company at all, but I need a change and whatever that looks like, 
for me, whether there isn't anything else for me here, or if there, if I need to go, you know, kind of work for a different region and whatnot, I'm, I'm willing to accept those consequences. And it took a lot of guts. Wow. Yeah. And I did, but I advocate for myself now and I felt it coming. And, you know, the stress was, the stress was one thing I had really learned to manage that, but the burnout is different. That's what I tell people. Chronic stress and burnout are not necessarily the same things. They're on the same spectrum, but they're different. um, They're just different levels of, of experience. Yeah. And I think I use them interchangeably. (laughs) Most most do. Most people do. Right. But I wasn't burned out. It was really the cynicism, Mm -hmm. right? Chronic stress will just have an impact on you, you know, kind of your health and physical and burnout will too, but burnout brings forth more depression and more, you know, some of those emotion-based responses, right? You're quickly irritated. But when I was chronically stressed, I just was um, tired all the time. And I wasn't irritated and cynical. I loved, I was really happy. So it's kind of like running on fumes, but like still running because you you wanted to get to the destination, but for sure. For yeah. sure, yeah. So I'm I'm so proud of like my grocery cart these days, right? I'm I'm proud of what I put in my grocery cart. I'm proud of my, you know, time that I spend with my family, my work-life balance. I still hustle, you know, that's always gonna be in me, but I don't obsess. And yeah, I wrote this book to really just it really was the foundation of my message and everything that I do. Um, comes from the original message in the book. It's so inspiring. And you think back to that woman laying on the sidewalk in 2018. Mm -hmm. Did she ever see herself here? Never. Never, right? Never. What you perceive as the biggest setback of your life in that that moment Mm -hmm. is now setting you up for this like beautiful evolution, you know, that you would have never even known was possible for you. Like you're a different person. And like holding my book, it's probably so surreal getting it. I mean, my son was so proud of me too. You know, it was, it's a, it's a, it's a really good example that I've set for him. My husband's like, how did you do all this? I didn't know you wanted to write a book. And I, I really had never thought about it, but when it was suggested to me, it just kind of felt right. Mm -hmm. And next thing I know, I kept going and granted I had, um, you know, I had, uh, publisher mentorship there, but I just kind of kept going to the next step. And the next thing I know it was done. So incredible. So, so inspiring. I, I may have told you that I like secretly am hoping to write a book. And so just hearing your story is, I feel like it's the conversation that I needed to have and that I needed to hear to kind of keep me thinking about that, keep me kind of hungry for that goal. So something that I've been asking recently on the podcast is, um, I've been asking my guests towards the end um, what they're what are they currently working on or what their current goal mm. or dream is because I feel like we should never be stuck in one place or kind of right. feel right. So what are you moving toward now? Right. So I really want to spend the latter part of 2023 and all of 2024 doing more speaking engagements, right? And large or small audiences. Um, I'm going to be in Atlanta next month doing a talk in front of uh, between 150 and 200 people. And so it's really that, that kind of popped up based on some networking that I did. So I'm going to do more networking. And I'm, I'm, I also wound up you know, working with authors because everybody, you know, like you, like, how did, wait, you wrote a book? How did you write a book? So I wind up actually talking to authors as well as, you know, women in corporate America and some of them want to leave, you know, corporate America. And so we talk about the credibility and leverage, you know, that can come with writing a book. So um, I talk to a lot of people about, you know, two different things, but it's all based on this book. And I, yeah, I'm going to, um, I'm going to seek out more, more speaking engagements and just ex- expand and look to partner up on some corporate wellness programs that involve some clinicians, right? So I'm not clinical based. Um, I'm just the, you know, 35 year corporate world veteran that lived it, right? 
but um, you know, getting some experts um, that I partner with and really starting to scale that. You're going to help so many people. I'm, I'm very excited so. to connect with you yeah. next year and see all that you've done. Yeah. So Tammy, tell everybody how the listeners can connect with you. How can they book you for a speaking mm-hmm. engagement? All of the things. Yeah. Connect with you about if they're interested in writing a book. So you yeah. have so many things going on. So tell us everything. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get the corporate maniac on Amazon. Um, I've noticed that you've got a search. I plug in the corporate maniac and sometimes it pops up. I have no idea what the, what the algorithms are, but if you put type in Tammy Pritchard, T-A-M-I-P-R-I-T-C-H-A-R-D, it pops right up. So you can order my book on Amazon. You can visit my website, which is, I, Take it, we'll put it in the show notes, right? Yep. www.tammypritchard.com. And be sure and add the T in Pritchard. So you can reach me there and it's got, you know, book in with me. You can also buy my book there, but it takes you to Amazon. Um, you can view my courses and you can contact me. My speaker, um, my speaker uh, bio is on there as well with all of the topics that I talk about. So yeah, www.tammypritchard.com are tammypritchard.com. Amazing. And yeah, like you said, I'm going to link everything in the show notes. I'll also okay. link your Instagram, your Facebook, yeah. anywhere that people feel comfortable contacting you. We encourage them to do that. Yeah. I'm positive that people are going to be like moved and inspired after this episode. This was a really, really helpful. Even for me, just these reminders of these like things that, like you said, we all know, but just to hear them yeah. again and the impact and the evolution that you've had, it's just really incredible to hear and see. So fun. thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your story with us today. It's been an absolute ple- pleasure. Thank you. Mike. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Confidence Council podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please make sure you click the follow button so that you're notified every time a new episode drops. If you want more content between episodes, check out the show's Instagram account and website, which will be linked in the show notes for you below. If you're walking away from today's episode feeling more confident or empowered in some way, please share it with a friend or share it on social media so that others can benefit from it too. Thank you again, and I'll see you back here next week. Bye for now.